Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. Hello, I'm Orlando Murrin and I'm hosting the BBC Good Food podcast with Tom Kerridge. Today we have as our guest award-winning food writer Melissa Thompson and we're going to be talking about the food of Jamaica. Tom, have you been to Jamaica? I have never been to Jamaica. It's Honestly, it's one of the Caribbean. I would love to. I've been to Antigua, which was incredible, but I, I'm so intrigued by today's conversation because I know nothing Nothing about Caribbean cuisine. You could talk about, oh yeah, we, everyone knows about jerk chicken. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Melissa's going to tell us about jerk chicken. What we have here is nothing like it. it, it it's like chicken tikka masala. It doesn't exist. We don't have it. The spices that you can buy, they're not real. The whole. <laughs> I, I, I want to get a full lowdown of Caribbean cookery. Melissa, you, you've got two complete beginners here. So, so please introduce us to Jamaican cuisine. Uh, well, Jamaican cuisine, I mean, you're like you're totally right. Everyone, you think about Jamaican cuisine and people talk about um, jerk chicken. Um, and jerk is a massive part of like island cuisine. And for me, it's fascinating because it tells so much about the island and kind of its history. I mean, before I get into jerk, I think the thing about Jamaica is that it's so, because, you know, it's, as like it's in the, like a tropical island and things just grow really well there. You have maybe for some things, you have two seasons, like Aki's got two seasons. And when I was there last year, I was talking to, to someone and he was like, you know, there's obviously poverty on the island, but you'll never go hungry because food is everywhere. And like food's growing everywhere. And like you go past a tree and it just looks green. And then you, your eyes train on it and you realize it's just like full of avocado pear. And like they're big, they're big and they're just, you know, they're so nice. And um, and then you've got trees like, you know, with Aki, um, and these kind of like vibrant red, orange, red. Aki. 
Come on, explain to me. What is ackee? So ackee, obviously Jamaica's national dish, ackee and saltfish, right? So ackee, um, so it came over, um, it, it's native to West Africa, came over um, during the transatlantic slave um, slave trade. People said that people um, from West Africa used to wear necklaces made from ackee seeds as like almost like a talisman because obviously people were kidnapped, right? And then brought to, brought to the Caribbean or brought to the Americas. Um, but the first recorded um, transport of, of ackee seeds um, was done on purpose because a lot got brought over to Jamaica to to, to feed people, um, and they wanted to do it as cheap cheaply as possible. So that's why you got like plantain, you got um, yam, you've got uh, cassava, like all this hard food, kind of really like starchy, um, dense food that could fill people up. Um, because even though enslaved people got given rations, they had to supplement it with um, stuff that they grew themselves. And so aki um, came across, and um, and it grows on the tree. It's kind of when it's ripe, it's a kind of a red orange color. And you can't eat ackee until it opens naturally um, because it's toxic. It has this um, chemical in it that leads, leads to hyperglycemia. Um, and, and I think you, it's kind of because it's asymptomatic, it can be quite problematic and you don't realise maybe until it's too late. So, And if you're ingesting it at high quantities, it can be quite bad for you. So you have to wait for it to open naturally. Either it happens on the tree or in the same way, like with tomatoes in this country, you might leave them on the windowsill, right, to, to ripen if they're green. Um, and, and But you have to open it, let, let them open naturally. And so some people, some Jamaicans, they won't trust people to to, to buy, the, buy it off them because they think they might have opened it unnaturally, kind of an, and forced to open. So they'll either go and pick it, pick it themselves. And then you have it and, and it comes, you, when it opens up, you've got the, the, the kind of creamy yellow ackee flesh that's got um, a black seed in it. So you might have three or four of those. And then you take the black seed out and then that's your ackee and you boil it with water. Because it's kind of, it doesn't travel very well. Um, like a lot of people here, if they've had it, it will be tinned. But eating ackee, that's fresh. Like it's just, like, there's nothing like it. It's just, it's so nice. I mean, the, the tinned version is fine. What you were saying about the kind of the spices and things like that, there's kind of like, you know, a massive Jamaican diaspora in, in the UK. And, um, and so there are a lot of places that are doing it, that are doing it right. And obviously, it's like one of those dishes, I think, that people, it's like, oh, you know, kind of not maybe controversy as such, but people kind of, there's like, you know, sort of accusations of cultural appropriation and things like that. And I think that's when people go into the territory of calling something jerk and then giving it like a really kind of like tropical design. And actually, you know, for me, like you, you can you can call something jerk and you can jerk whatever you like, but you need to know what jerk is. So jerk, it was a collaboration between uh, Maroons who were escaped enslaved people and um, and the the few indigenous Taino people who were left over um, because the, the Spanish basically like killed everyone off or the indigenous population. But there are a few kind of like who survived in the mountains. And because when the British came, they were trying to cook without um, drawing too much attention to themselves. So the Taino were like amazing barbecues, right? So we get a barbecue, barbacoa from the Arawak language, right? And um, and so they could kind of like cook underground, and and so it wouldn't release too much smoke. And so and so there were wild pigs um, running around. Pigs were brought by by the Spanish. And um, and so they would catch the, the pigs, and then they and like kind of the jerking process. So it's kind of like a verb as well as a as well as a noun. And so the jerking process, there's kind of a bit of confusion as to where it gets the name. But to jerk something is to kind of like is partly it's like a, an 18th century reference um, that was actually witnessed in the 17th century, kind of just like at the beginning. And to jerk it is to stab holes into it so you can kind of push the the, the flavourings in there. And does that tenderise it as well? Well, I, I guess so, because you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of increasing that surface area, aren't you? But I yeah. think it was more about kind of getting the flavour in and, 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 and preserving the meat. Um, so the use of spices was actually to kind of help preserve it. 
and then it would be like it would be cooked over pimento wood allspice kind of better known in the UK and so and, and actually and, and pepper elderberry pepper elder which is um like a this really beautiful like fragrant leaf would be wrapped in there and then these um these sort of small chilies um I can't remember what they called the name escapes me um and and but nowadays obviously like jerk is is used with pimento berries and spring onion and scotch bonnet like chilies rather than these other kind of almost they're bird's eye chili but I, I can't remember the name and it's still kind of smoked over pimento wood but if you can't get pimento wood in this country which is quite difficult then you'll use kind of um soaks pimento berries so, so the the distinguishing characteristics the the meat is kind of punctured and the spices and the chilies and smoked. Yes. Does that sum up what what a jerk would be? Yeah, pretty much. And and so some so some some recipes um, will call for like cinnamon and nutmeg to be added. And I mean, I've, I've not been able to find out conclusively if this is the fact. The, the, the fact, but what I think that I think that's when jerk has left Jamaica and. Um, because like pimento, it's called pimento because the Spanish thought it would look like a pepper, right? So the Spanish initial, the early colonizers. And then the British came along and they were like, oh, it smells like an approximation of cinnamon, nutmeg and um, cinnamon, nutmeg and... Cloves? Cloves, yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Orlando. Wow. You, uh, <laughs> honestly, you blew me away there. Well done, Orlando. That is incredible. Oh, come on. A little lucky stab. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little lucky stab. Honestly, that was what a very well-educated <laughs> guess there. <laughs> um, and, but like, and, and if you get if you get pimento, if you get allspice berries, I don't know like, if either of you kind of you've used allspice very much, but you smell it and... You can't really smell all those different um, those different spices, but then if you get like like when I'm in Jamaica and I buy, um, I bought back so much pimento last time I, I went and and like I was in the car and it just smelled of cloves and I was almost like have I been sold cloves because like I'd never even smelt it that strong in Jamaica, and so I think I, I think maybe um, when recipes call for like cinnamon, nutmeg, and and cloves, that's because they're they're outside of Jamaica or where pimento grows naturally, so they want to get those flavours. And, and and when you buy like you know pimento or allspice in, in a shop, you're not going to get as fragrant berries, and so they're kind of they're they're, they're boosting those other flavour profiles by using cinnamon by using nutmeg. It's very confusing, isn't it, that pimento equals allspice, but that but that seems to be a principle that. We we, we need to get hold of. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's fact. It's just, it's just language. It's just yeah. language. So, yeah. so in in North America and in the UK, I guess probably in most of the West, it's known as um, allspice. Um, in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, it's known as pimento. So we can make an authentic jerk dish here because we can get all those ingredients and we can get the smoke as well. Yes, somehow. Yes. So it, it doesn't have to be done in Jamaica. But no. do, do, do you eat? Do you eat satisfactory jerk dishes in in London? Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you make them? Yep, yeah. I'm making. I've got some marinating um, in the in the fridge. My parents are coming tomorrow, and uh, my my brother and his family. So, um, and I've got breadfruit as well. My mum misses breadfruit. So my mum's Maltese. My dad is my dad's Jamaican, and uh, my mum's Maltese. But my mum's like kind of well in with the food as well. And breadfruit is that is that serve? How do you serve breadfruit? So breadfruit, um, it's quite expensive here. Um, like annoyingly, so you get a breadfruit. Oh, I'm, it's come I'm, a long way, Melissa, hasn't it? Has it come, has it come from Jamaica, the breadfruit? Um, I'm not sure. From... Like, so I, I go I go to Peckham. I'm not sure where they get it from. Um, I, I imagine maybe some, maybe like oh, I don't know, like maybe it's like South Asia. I don't I don't know. And then you just chuck it on the coals. Uh, the, the the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, chuck it on the coals. Uh, maybe like you can cut a, like a slit into the bottom, chuck it on the coals, and then turn it over um, a few times. About forty-five minutes later, it's like the skin is kind of like grey and. What's it look like? What sort of what style of fruit is it? Is it a big stone in the middle? No, is no, no. Like so it's um, so it's. I mean, it is a vegetable. They call it breadfruit, and and 
And it's quite funny because I was in Jamaica with my friend Jax and we went to Boston where like it's known for its jerk, right? And um, and we were trying to dissect breadfruit. We're like, like, what's it like? And then we were like, oh God, it, it's like bread, right? And that's where, like, that's the, the texture of it. It is just like bread and that's where it gets its name. So it's kind of like green. It's like a, what's that, like an oblong? Um, uh, uh, oval. It looks like oval. a melon. You're, it looks like, does it look like a melon? It looks yeah, I guess like... so. Yeah, yeah, maybe like a bit sort of flatter at the ends. And it's got quite a gnarly um, skin, but like in a kind of quite quite like fun little pattern, like almost like um, lots of little pentagons. And, and then, um, and it's really green. It's got a little stalk. Um, and then, and that's it. And you just put that on the fire. And then the skin turns grey and all the smoke kind of like, because it's basically burning on the outside and then the smoke. But you go to the jerk pits in, um, in Jamaica, you have like the over the fire, just like sort of like planks um, or or kind of um, branches um, of of pimento wood. The meat, like you know, commonly pig, which was the first um, the first kind of jerky, or even though chicken's probably more popular now. And then you have like a, a, a fire on the floor that will just have like kind of um, breadfruit just kind of roasting over woods, and um, like it, like but in the fire, it's 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 amazing. I'd like to apologise to anyone listening who thinks that. Tom and I are ignorant, but I haven't come across this before. So I'm, I, my eyes have been opened to this. I'm sure there are lots of people listening who do know what breadfruit is. No, it's uh, magical, isn't it? Like, it like, there's sounds... nothing wrong with putting your hand up and saying you don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. not, the world of food is so vast. It's colossal. You, we can't know everything about everything. They, they, it, and, it, and it's so wonderful to hear someone who, who's so knowledgeable to, to, to be able to pick brains and go, okay, so what does that taste like? What does that look like? It's a style of cuisine. The fruit, the vegetables, everything that you're talking about it's not something you just pick up from the supermarket it's something that you know it's quite specialist and, and and it's not something that I'm ringing up my veg supplier from to deliver into my restaurant because it's not a style of cookery that I understand or know or so everything is like well what is this well does it taste like bread fruit is it a fruit no actually it's a vegetable and it tastes like bread what I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like well, you know this is they're all new things. it just makes me go I, I want to go there like the way that you're talking it makes me so excited about the idea of travel which is great but travel that's food related you want to you're talking about jamaican jerk pits and you go there you go i i want to see one i want to be there i want <laughs> i want it. the smells you can imagine everything it. that's going like the noises the smell do those kind of the jerk pits are they like a big is that like an outdoor restaurant is that the, yeah so there's there's one place in, in boston and it's um so um when when jerk kind of moved its way like down so it was like done in the mountains kind of in marine communities and then eventually it worked its way down and then um in the early like 1900s um uh, so after emancipation like people would go around and, and kind of like sell jerk and I actually kind of fell out of favor but a, a little bit and then it came down and um, from the mountains and then it kind of like boston was the first commercial like jerk pits and so you go there today it's not the best jerk you're going to get but you have to go there kind of like for the buzz and it's just busy and it's just the smell of smoke in there so you, you have people on the streets kind of with, with like jerk pans well it's kind of like lined with jerk pits maybe about six or eight jerk pits so you've got four on either, either side and they kind of like be doing the same thing but then they might have like yeah so someone's doing like sort of jerk lobster um and, and then they've all got like um big like pots of soups obviously soup is a massive thing in jamaica and i don't know if you've ever seen but like on the wheel like they like you often use wheel rims um they're in a bit of a wheel and then that's got charcoal um put in it and then a grate or not a grate if it's like a big pot and then a pot will go on top and so like oh no like what what soup you got there oh, it's like red pea soup or it's like you know sort of chicken foot or it's like cow foot and it's just um like it's just it's just really nice and I, and I think it's like you know Orlando you were saying about the ignorance and I, and I think actually it's not like it's, it's not I guess ignorance is is not knowing but 
if you're passionate about food and someone asks you about it, I think like it would be really annoying for someone to be funny about that because I love talking about food and I love learning about food. There's so much food out there. Like you were saying, Tom, there's so much food that you know, like you, you only know once you know, right? So, and yeah. that discovery is it, part being of being ignorant is choosing to ignore it, to to not to not want to know about it, to mm. to be to not um, to not know it and want to, is that's inquisitive to yeah. want yeah. to know, to want yeah. to know, to be to experience, to be, be excited by it. I mean, any food is exciting. This this is exciting. I know none of it. I'm just going. I want to go. I want to go and eat it. I want to go and try it. I want I want the smells. I want I want the energy. I want the like. And it can be the same with any kind of world cuisine that you talk about. You want to go and see it and experience experience it it takes you to another another place and you've been talking about cooking for, for your family that are coming tomorrow and are you cooking a jerk dish because it's a reminiscent of family times hanging out together um my mum um i posted about uh, bread fruit and my mum was like i really want to eat some bread fruit and she hasn't eaten it for so long and it was my dad's dad that got my mum onto bread fruit and um and and just because I guess it's like one of those things, you know, because I have to go to like Peckham, which is like thankfully just down the road. So so I went a few days ago, got a nice breadfruit, and um, and, and also because there's quite a few people, so I can just get loads of chicken, get it cooking, do like a massive like plate of um, coleslaw, get the breadfruit, um, and and just kind of actually, it doesn't take that much thinking about because it's will you cook it all tomorrow on coals yes. or you could you are so you well outdoors in the garden yes. on a barbecue yes yeah i love that so, so i just use i have actually got a um a jerk pan and that's um the, the, bizarrely there's a guy down in in penge who who builds jerk pans um penge in south southeast london so down the road from me so like proper jerk pan made out of a uh, oil drum what, what, what's a jerk pan like like so, so a jerk pan is a is an oil drum um and i think that's because um so that's that, so in, in jamaica like jerk pans are everywhere, like kind of in residential like homes, um, and I guess that's primarily what maybe people will use to eat because it's the weather's nice. So people kind of cook outside a lot, and I think jerk pans um, like rose to prominence because there was um, a lot of oil that was imported, and then there was just like loads of empty oil crates used, and so just like kind of cut cut them in half, burn out the oil on the inside, and then you've got a jerk pan, and so people kind of like will transform these into jerk pans. Um, so that's quite cool, but. I'm, I mean, maybe this is like the sign that I'm not a proper, like truly a proper Jamaican because actually I've got a kettle barbecue and um, and for me, like it's just like the vents are a lot easier to control. And, and um, because you're going to get into trouble now because you're you because you're using a kettle barbecue. Yeah, this is it. People yeah, are going to be like, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, switching yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're fake. You're that's, that's not true, jerk. Because she's cooking it in a, in a kettle barbecue, not not an oil can. So uh, what what I do because I can't get hold of pimento. So like using bay bay leaves and bay branches is quite a good um, alternative. And I've, I've met loads of people kind of in southeast London because I'll put a shout out on, on Instagram, like, can I, has anyone got a bay tree for me to come and prune? <laughs> and the amount of people, and honestly, I still get it. I'm like, I mess, people message me like, oh, Melissa, the bay's needing a prune if you need any bay. All those bay trees being felled in south London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but going to good use though, Orlando. That's the thing, they're going to good use. They're creating and flavour. And trim, exactly. And, and, then, um, and then some soaked pimento berries and, uh, and that smoke. So I kind of, I, I, I use like, start off indirect cooking. And then I kind of finish them off, so like like low and slow, and then finish off. So you talked about jerk seasoning there being mostly, or it started off being used on pork yes. as, as, as the as the kind of big kind of flavour. Now, is there different cuts of pork that you'd use different amounts of seasoning on, or is it when it's normally cooked? Is it like whole big pieces, or would you do like individual pork chops? Or um, so I I generally use belly and um, and. 
like I, I quite like doing a big like chunk of belly and um, and then just, like just leaving it like you know you go to Jamaica and you ask someone how long their their, their um, jerk's been marinated before and they'll be like oh for a week and so just leaving it in there for quite quite a long a time week. yeah 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 so that's a dry it's a dry spice rub. And it's been uh, punctured, and no, they don't do it as a brine. No, well, because you've got like no, it's not really a brine because I mean the, the, you haven't got loads of salt in it. Yeah, there is salt, but not loads. So you've got um, spring onion, garlic, ginger, pimento, black pepper, um, a bit of like a bit of acid. Um, I use vinegar, but if I'm doing seafood, like I might make jerk prawns, then I will use lime instead. So it's a bit kind of a bit a bit calmer. And then and scotch bonnet, obviously. Um, and then um, and like I said, kind of if, if, if I'd say to people if they want to try jerk, smell the their, their pimento, their allspice berries. And if they're not getting all of these other like the, the the clove and the cinnamon and nutmeg, smell with it. Put the pimento in, but then supplement it with a bit of like clove, cinnamon, and nutmeg to really get that flavour. And then yeah, kind of like put holes in it. Like rub it so you're really getting that flavour in there. And do you top those marinating ingredients up? Do you I do blend them? Blend them. Yes, yes. So it's a kind of a, a, a kind of wet pasty yes. sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's for a week. And then how long would the cooking be on on the belly? Because it's good and tenderised if it's been. Yeah. So I'm like, I guess it's anything from a couple of hours to maybe like four hours. And and you can also do um like belly pork um slices, which is also quite nice. And obviously you're kind of increasing the surface area. Yeah. Again, it cooks a bit quicker. Um. So I've done that like at. at Festival or like a, a meat celebration, and and my dish was um, uh, jerk pork with apple coleslaw and um, and pepper sauce, and um, and we used like belly slices because then you're just getting that flavour, and you just chop it up with your chopper on a plate. It's amazing. It sounds incredible, Nana. and I tell you what—that's the one thing about belly pork as well. That it's one of those dishes that it's one of those cuts of meat that's got that perfect meat to fat ratio that's that, that takes on flavors, big punchy flavors like jerk flavoring. But that, I mean, it's used the world over for lots of different big punch, punchy spicing, and that, and then you know, cooked outdoors, pork belly is just incredible. Is the Jamaican cuisine different from the other islands? Is is jerk particular to Jamaica? So, so jerk is found on other islands, and especially kind of um, like back in the day, there there are references to to jerk being sold by um, even like white French guys. There's one reference to these white French guys who maybe came over as indentured work servants um, who were selling who were selling jerk, um, and I can't remember what island that that was on. And um, but but each island has got its own kind of like culinary identity because obviously each island has its own its own st- story and I think for me Jamaican food um, you know from the the trees that grow there the the, the fruits and the and the vegetables and the like the different spices and the herbs it just tells that story of everything that's happened to Jamaica um, there's these flatbreads bami and they're made out of cassava and and there are texts from like the 17th century um, where kind of like Spanish settlers describe these um, cassava flatbreads being made by indigenous Jamaicans, and um, and the whole process. Obviously, cassava like like there's a bit of cassava, and you have to cook it properly, otherwise it's poisonous. Um, I mean, like bless the person who found that out. Do you know what I mean? And worked out a way to. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the second food item now that you've mentioned. <laughs> it, like, it sounds like everyone's dicing with death whilst eating. <laughs> That's it, because your survival is part of the enjoyment. Yeah. Right? It's like, yeah, no, it's not. It's not that bad. It's um, but cassava like and 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 these 
cassava bread and they described the process like grating it, squeezing the juice out and then cooking it on like a flat griddle into these breads. And and these breads are still like widely consumed in, in Jamaica as bami and they're lovely. Like you have it with like the fried fish, like escovitch, and then like the kind of vinegary sweet liquid like soaks into the bami that's been kind of grilled and, and it's like the texture is so good. It's really nice. And, and for me, that's really important because not very much exists about the Taino people because they were they were killed off. But these breads, like, you know, they exist. And, like, you can tell so much about what's happened to Jamaica by the food. And the same with other islands. Like, you can tell, like, you know, you know for some, some, some islands, like, stayed um, colonised by, by the Spanish or the French. And, you know, like, Trinidad and Tobago, like, a massive, like, roti scene because they had um, sort of a massive South Asian, pop- Indian population um, after emancipation of indentured servants um, from India who came to, like, who came to bolster, bolster the workforce. It's, um, like, Tom, you'd love it because I don't even remember we spoke once about barbecue dish and your your favourite barbecue dish and you said about when you went to Texas I think and you had those tacos unbelievable like honestly like you need to go to Boston you would you would you would love it like the buzz and the food and just kind of and like talking to people about it and stuff and then like giving you like little samples you'd love it the world of discovery so it was it was great I I did a trip to to the states and I went to this taco shack and it was just like it was I'm right southern Texas and it was 20 miles from Mexico and and there was this shack that was just it looked battered and dirty but it was packed and like there were other spaces there but this was the one and I went there and the food and inside I mean, I mean, the, what they were cooking on was just—I mean, it was—it was—it was rusty. It was greasy. It was, uh, but it was kind of like it, it, everything about it was ingrained in flavor. So, and it, nothing else could be repeated. You could—the you, moment you put a brand new kind of like cold space that you cook on, there was something about the room, the space, the, the everything about it added a layer of flavor into something that gave it this wonderful warmth and heat, and and also the cuts of meat that they were cooking. Was so different. it wasn't your prime cuts. It was you know it was bits of tripe. It was bit it was bits of you know just things that normally get trimmed up. And they the way they cook and then chopped and mixed with the spicing and the flavouring. It sounds very very similar. It sounds the same sort of exciting new ideas, new profiles of flavours that you just go, oh my god, this is so so good and also really good value for money as well. Like none of it was none of it's expensive because it's using up all the other bits, but using I suppose the flavours that you can find around to create something that's so vibrant, so exciting exciting so magical have you seen a rise in jamaican and caribbean cuisine and the interest in it in this country over the last few years you know the understanding of spicing i mean outdoor cookery has been uh, it's been huge the last three four five years the 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 the, the amount of people that are buying barbecues and and trying to cook on coal have you seen an interest in restaurants a a number of restaurants growing or a, a bigger interest in caribbean food I think there's definitely maybe like a bit more curiosity and, and I'd like to think people are realising that there is more kind of, I know I've spent quite a lot of time talking about jerk, but that there is actually a world of, of food out there beyond beyond jerk. I, I think the next couple of years in publishing is going to be very different because I think a lot of people have been given the space, um, say from different Caribbean islands and also from different African countries to be able to talk about kind of, um, you know, because again, kind of, the, the, you know, people like five years, not even that, people a few years ago were talking about African food and it's like what's African food like you wouldn't talk about European food in the same way do you know what I mean and and it's like and and so I think there hasn't been space for for people to have that, that these conversations for so long so it's going to take a long time to redress that balance but I think there is a curiosity and I think you know I I, I would like to think and I, I think it is the case that at their like core people interested in food 
are interested in kind of widening their their understanding of it and um, and understand the context of where where these dishes come from. You know, because I think that's so important. And I think for me context leads to investment in in what you're about to eat and then that investment kind of for me take it makes me like it tastes so much better like i used to work my one of my first jobs when i was 15 was in a, a cheese shop down in dorset and um and like at the time i like cheddar i like mozzarella and i like parmesan cheese like anything else especially like blue cheese i was like no way and there's this um this blue cheese in Dorset called Dorset Blue Vinny. And I was handling it all the time. And at first, I was like, oh, God, it smells so horrible. And then over time, like, I just kind of got to really appreciate it for, like, you know, you get these massive truckles with cheese and just kind of, like, they were so salty and rough. And then you cut into it. And then I'd, like, sneak a little taste. And I'm like, actually, it's all right. And just having that exposure to that, to, to, to that one cheese... And then because of that one cheese, then suddenly that's something clicked in my mind. And, and, and then I could appreciate just the skill and, and what goes into cheese and, and other things that at first, you know, you're like, whoa, that's kind of... And I think sometimes we, we, we take surprise or unfamiliarity as dislike of something when actually it's not. It's just because you haven't been challenged in that way before. And then when you get to know something, you get to understand it, then it's like, okay, I can see why it tastes like that. I can see why it tastes sharp or I can see why it's got that texture. Okay, all right. And I know that understanding kind of, for me, just really improves the taste of something. And you have a, you have a new book of Jamaican, a Jamaican uh, food book or cookbook coming out. In that, do you tell the stories behind the dishes? Yes, so yes. So we can understand where they all came from and... Yeah, I mean, like, so my book's called Motherland. It's out in it's out in September, and it's um and it tells kind of the story of the evolution of Jamaican food. So it's like talking like you know starting with the indigenous population, the massive influence of from West Africa because of the, the transatlantic um, uh, slave trade, the impact of the Spanish who were the first Europeans to colonize the the island, and then the British who who kind of kicked the Spanish out and then took over and obviously created the slave society, um, and then kind of the influence of of Indian people who came. Um, after emancipation, and to a lesser degree, kind of uh, Chinese people who came as indentured servants, and and a lot of it because obviously sometimes it wasn't um, written down how something became so, but then it's kind of obvious. Like I don't know, like in Jamaica you get hard food, right? So hard food comes on the side of of many dishes. So you, um, and it comes in soup. So hard food um, it's like also known as uh, ground provisions. So it's like your starchy foods, like your cassava, your yams, your potatoes, and they get boiled in salty water. Your green bananas, um, and they get boiled in salty water, and then you have it on the side um, alongside kind of yeah, you know, with your ackee and saltfish or your your mackerel rundown, and um, and and so that kind of thing is you know that that's come from your Mackerel what? Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so ma- mackerel rundown is uh, so rundown is like a dish where things get cooked down with with coconut um, coconut milk and um, and again I mean, this is a perfect example. So um, I haven't read anything um, specific to, to where mackerel rundown comes from, but the saltfish was like really common um, for like a part of enslaved people's diets because it was cheap. And it was actually this thing called um, the West Indian cure, um, and that was just a euphemism for basically the rubbish kind of um, cured saltfish that gets sent to the Caribbean because it was also really widely eaten in Europe. And, and it just wasn't very appetizing. And so um, so I think, and also you wouldn't have loads of protein. So you'd, like, you'd have vegetables and that, and then you cook it down with with um, with coconut milk, that, what little protein you do have. So the saltfish, just to explain, it's actually really dried. Yes. Air, like it's salted and then air dried. So it's almost like leather fish, isn't it? Like, it, I, I, And to bring it back, you have to hydrate it for ages. It's not just like 
these days where we just cure a piece of fish for 20 minutes. This isn't, this is like properly dried out hard and you see them hanging up, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it yeah. can last on a, like, you know, a, a, a ship, on a, a ship, ship journey traveling across. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> like thought cod. Yes. Yeah. The, the yeah. Dried thing. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and so mackerel, salt mackerel was like quite a common thing and it kind of came from like North America and like really North America. Um, and so that, that, that's what rundown is. And, um, and, and also, because obviously enslaved people didn't have very much time to be cooking stuff, right? And, so you know stuff that could be just put in a in a like in a pot bubbling away. Um, there's like a sort of a one pot tradition that came from West Africa and um, anything like that. Like say rundown, um, and then on, on the side having this kind of like plate of like boiled um, hard food for energy. So the so the the, the wet foods that are, are the are the the things where you've stewed them with with liquid, and then the hard food is the starch that goes with it. Yeah, right. yeah, so it's called a hard food and then and in that it's kind of like ground provisions and ground provisions because enslaved people were given uh, provision grounds to grow their own food to supplement what they got in rations. Um, and a lot of that was stuff that didn't take much kind of um, care, you know, because obviously people don't have very much time so you might have your cassava, um, like your yams, like plantain was really, really widely consumed. Plantain came from the Spanish, they brought it over and then like plantain, kind of there's so many ways to cook plantain um, and you can have it kind of, you can have it green or you can have it when it's really, really ripe and you can do sort of lots of different things. So when Motherland comes out, will you, will we have Motherland the restaurant as well? Oh gosh, absolutely <laughs> not. No. Oh no. please. Do you not fancy how many restaurants? They're really good fun. Yeah. Are they quite easy as well? Yeah, well <laughs> easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> but Melissa, you've done pop-ups, haven't you? Yeah. So, so just please, a little, a little pop-up Motherland. Then. Yeah, I might do like a little, a little pop-up because I, I used to do a supper club and then that grew into a pop-up and then it grew into residencies and so I, I did and like my first residency I didn't even know what mise en place I, could, I didn't even know that expression right so I thought I could make up little portions of coleslaw as I was going along I was so ignorant and um and that was seven days a week for two months and um like honestly like I, I lost the feeling in some of my toes because I felt like I couldn't sit down I felt like <laughs> sitting down we're like I was like no, there's, there is definitely something else you can be doing Melissa apart from sitting down and then no I mean like all respect to you, Tom, for, for running restaurants. Yeah, but um, not many people go into never having done it before to running it and owning it. <laughs> like there, there is normally a, a progression path of learning curves that you go through to just going, right, I'll open somewhere. <laughs> so, oh, that was only a residency. Thank God it was my own Yeah, but space. still two months. I mean, that's, that's pretty hardcore, mate. That's pretty hardcore. It was, it, was, it, was, it was bad at the beginning, but I got into it. And it, yeah. was, it, was, it turned out to be quite successful, but like a learning experience because you can never switch off, can you? Like it's always, like you wake up and it's like, right, like a list of things I've got to do. You know, it's the last thing you think about at night. Kind of, is that still the same? 100%. Yeah, you're still constantly thinking about what's going on, where, what's happening, what's happening, and and it happens from even from the point where you're a young chef, you're going to, you know, you've had a really busy day, that's it, and you write your your mise en place, which is like your prep, your prep, you write your prep list for tomorrow, and you start writing it down, and you think, okay, that's what I'm going to do, and then you put your orders in, and you go, and then you go to, you leave, and you go to work, and then and you start as you're going to bed, and you're thinking, right, I'm going to get five hours sleep here, this might be all right, and you start running through your list that you've going to do first thing in the morning, you start going. Did I did I did I order the spring onions? Did I not? I don't know. And then you start losing sleep because you start stressing that one of your jobs is chop spring onions, but you haven't ordered spring onions. And then you go, oh yeah, like it, it's just like it's, and it's constant. It, ne it never ends. It See, never even you just saying that is making me come out in a cold sweat. It's like it's, it's bringing it all back. <laughs> Well, Melissa, good luck with the book. I can't wait to see thank it. Thank you. And thank you for this crash course in Jamaican cooking. It's been absolutely fascinating. I mean, I got to get myself to a jerk pit. It sounds amazing. Like, no, I want to find a breadfruit. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, well, we'll go together and we'll find a breadfruit <laughs> that's being cooked on a jerk pit. They're, they're, I mean, if you ever want to know, like South South London, I've got South London covers. If you ever want to know a good place to go in South London, just hit me up. Um, and thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's thank been you. great to, to meet you. you and, too. and good luck with everything. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tom Kerridge. For more brilliant cooking advice, don't miss the quick bonus recipe episode, Let's Cook Together. See you next time. Bye.